You are listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. This is a podcast about maternal mental health. Disclaimer, we are not professionals. We are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma. Heads up, some content may be triggering. We are recording from the Stone Sheba podcast studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and more. Hey friends, this is Leslie here and I am with my friend Yasmin. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. We became friends on social media and I'll tell you what, I love this girl because she just keeps it real. I do. Yes. It is the best and it's so refreshing because there's so much phony out there. <laughs> yeah, there's so many um, filters on upon filters upon filters and you just don't know where no. the surface is. And I love it because on those days when I'm just like, I'm so done being a mom today, I know that I can count on your page to just keep it real and just like make me feel so validated in the heart. So anyways. Thank you. Because there's nothing worse than logging onto social media and feeling just so defeated and then seeing all these perfect filtered photos with, you know, a letter board, a big letter board in like a grocery store. I don't know if you've seen it, but there was a mom that had like a big letter board but they said um, she has a nervous breakdown when she takes her kids grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're having a nervous breakdown, you're not bringing a letter board <laughs> to the grocery yeah. store with like a full face of makeup and everything is like perfect. So that's why I strive not to be like that because that's not to me um, realistic. No, it's not. And I love that. I love it. So... <laughs> Let's let's let everybody get to know you because you. I seriously just I can't get enough. So <laughs> you're awesome, um, and I love it too because you just I don't know you're not a I don't know we'll just let everybody see it. You're amazing. So, um, Thank you. where did your journey with all of this begin? Okay, so I had my first baby Maddox um, in January of 2018. I. Um, very quickly realized that something wasn't right. Um, I was super anxious. I was, I started becoming very like OCD. Certain things had to be done a certain way. But at the time I just assumed I'm a first time mom. I don't have much support other than my husband. Um, and when I went to speak to my mom about it, she just told me that I was like super neurotic and you got to like calm down. You're a first time mom. Everyone wants to hold the baby. You have to let everyone hold the baby. And that was it from there. So I just went undiagnosed um, for such a long time with PPA when I really should have realized that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe it comes back to the lack of education. Um, I wasn't educated in postpartum or like any type of mental illness postpartum related. Um, there was never any like information at my OB's office about like, if you're experiencing, I knew about the baby blues, but I mean, everyone does. Um, this was more obviously a lot deeper than the baby blues. So I've lived with PPA for two years and then I got pregnant, um, when Maddox was seven months old with Alfie and that's when it started to hit the fan. I, um, at first when I got pregnant, I was like, Oh my God, like how am I going to go from one kid to two? 
because Maddox is very clingy, like huge mama's boy. So I was like, how am I going to transition from one baby to two? So at first I thought it was just the nerves of being a mum to two kids. And I kept telling myself, like, I remember seeing those two lines and I was like, okay, I have nine months to, to get my head around it. Like I have time to get used to it, to, to figure out how I'm going to live my life with, you know, two kids and we're going to be a family of four. And I'll tell you what, I mean, it just got worse. I mean, I, I remember when I was, I want to say maybe like 30 weeks, something inside of me just snapped and I was crying all the time and I had like terrible fits of like rage. Like my dog barking would be the thing to just send me completely off the edge. And normally I wouldn't care if he was barking, but I just remember being like, there's something wrong here. I know that there's something wrong. I felt like like depression. I felt like I didn't want to have, like this is going to sound horrible, but I mean in the tradition of being very vulnerable and very open, I will say when I was at that time at 30 weeks, I just didn't want, I didn't want my baby. I was just mm-hmm. going to, I just wanted to like have him and then I didn't want to bring him home with me. And that's when I knew that something was wrong. Because I'm maternal. I love being a mum more than anything in this world. So I knew that when I started to think that, that there was something seriously wrong with me. And um, I went to my 30-week checkup and I told my OB. And I was like, I, 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 like, I was crying. I'm pretty sure I was crying. I said, I think I have um, depression. I didn't know the, like, proper term of it. I knew, and now, no, it's perinatal. But at the time, I was like, I think I have depression. He's like, okay, let's let's have the baby, and then we'll see how we go. So I was like, all right. So I got induced nine weeks later because um, I've had a history of high blood pressure, so I didn't want to risk preeclampsia. So I got induced, and it was a quick, like, eight-hour labor, which was, you know, really good, thank God. I had him and of course I felt like the, the, the mum feeling and I wanted to love on him and help hold him like close on my chest and everything. But like, as soon as I got home, that's when I, that's when it got worse. Mm. I mean, my husband thankfully had time off work. So there was two of us trying to transition from one to two kids, but the lack of sleep, a clingy 16 month old, mm. um, and me dealing with, I know something is wrong with me. Like, I know for sure there's something wrong with me. And I never forget. Um, I think I think he was maybe like four days old or something. And maybe Maddox was having a hard time transitioning. And I was up most of the night. Um, like, I'm shaking to talk about it because it just brings back like so many. Like, you know, when you oh, yeah. just it's such a bad time. Um I remember sitting in the rocking chair trying to get Maddox to sleep. The baby was asleep. I had fed him and I was so sleep deprived and I was so burnt out. And I just was like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm done. Like, I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't live with this anymore. Like I'm done. And that's when I started to realize that I was having like suicidal thoughts. But then I was like, I don't want to do it, but it's like, it was in my head. You know, so I, at that time, I didn't know the difference between, like, suicide thinking and actually, like, suicidal. But I never forget, I was just, I was holding Maddox 
crying and this was like three four o'clock in the morning just like there's something wrong with me so I called my OB's office I want to say maybe the day after or the next day this was like within that two-week period when they tell you it's the baby blues yeah and um I I was crying and because I said I, I need to see my doctor and the reception's like oh what's going on and I started crying and I said, I'm pretty sure I have postpartum depression. Okay, hang on, I'll get you the nurse. So she gets me the nurse. The nurse asks like a bunch of like bullshit, you know, your standard intake questions. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll just answer these questions. So I did. And um, one of the questions was, do you want to harm your baby or yourself? And I never ever in this time even up until now ever wanted to harm my kids it was always like thoughts of myself but I was so ashamed and so embarrassed to actually admit that I was feeling like that that I lied and as soon as I said no she's like oh you don't have postpartum depression then oh yeah she put it down to just being the blues because I wasn't having suicidal thoughts. So that, that was like the kind of black and white, but like I had every other symptom, but I also, I obviously had that. I just didn't want to tell them that, Mm -hmm. you know? So she's like, no, um, go and smell, which, you know, some, it may work for some people, but sure. She doesn't work for me. Smell like essential oils and like lavender and stuff. I mean, I have tried it, but it doesn't work. And um, she's like, you know, try that um, and also try not to stress too much because the stress is going to upset your baby's stomach through the breast milk. Because, you can, because you know, you can control not stressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm laughing. Like, that's laughable that she told you that. It is laughable. It really is. <laughs> and, like, anyone, I, I can still feel how I felt when I got off the phone. I can still, I can tell you exactly where I was when I was talking to her. And it's just one of those times in your life that you don't forget. And I was on the phone to her for maybe like 20 minutes when she was asking me other questions. Like, you know, you've been sleep deprived. I'm sure you got two kids. Yeah, whatever. And then she's, and the best thing was, she's like, you just have the baby blues. It'll pass. Um, Call me again and I'll talk you off the ledge. Literally what she said. Like literally. And I was like, oh, my God. And I, I got off the phone and I said to my husband, like, no wonder these women give up because no one is listening. No one listens. Mm-hmm. So then I had to keep calling and calling and calling until I got an appointment to see him. So I finally got an appointment. I was around two weeks postpartum. Guess what? Diagnosed. But not only that, like, this is when the... This is when the lack of education comes in for medical providers because he asked me if I had, um, not a plan, but like if I, I think he did ask me if I had a plan, but he also asked like if I, I think it was if you had a plan. I didn't have like a plan like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But like I had thoughts of, you know what I mean? Like I had thoughts and he's like, before you answer that, I've got to tell you, if you tell me you have, I have to send you right straight to the psych ward. 
So I was like, okay, as soon as I heard that, I was like, you know what? No, I don't have a plan. I don't have any, you know, suicidal thoughts. That doesn't help you want to be vulnerable there. Yeah, and also, like, my kids and my husband were the only thing keeping me going. Like, you take me away from them, what have, what have I got to what, what have I got to live yeah. for? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to take my clothes from me. You're going to take the, the smallest shoestring from me because I have postpartum depression. So I said no. He diagnosed me with um, PPD, which I already knew anyway. I didn't even need a diagnosis. Yeah. I just did it so I could get on medication. Then he put me on Zoloft, which did absolutely nothing at all. I've heard that from a lot of women. Yeah, I mean, the, it's the, like good, good the only thing it, it does works. for you is like it makes you hold you white. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm like I'm like the same white that I was when I gave birth to Elfie. Like, I, and then it was the whole like story about trying to get off the medication because. I knew that it wasn't helping me and no one would help me because I was breastfeeding. You can only breastfeed on Zoloft. That's it. Not true. Oh, I know. And I knew it wasn't true, but no one would listen to me. That's the thing. It's like they think, okay, I get you went to, you're a doctor, this and that, cool. Good for you. But I know my own body. I know what I'm going through. If I'm telling you that this medication is as good as me taking a Tic Tac, Please talk to me about other options. And they didn't. So anyway, I'm not on it anymore. I, I just self-weaned because I couldn't I couldn't take it anymore. Oh. It was doing nothing. Well, and imagine these moms out there that, that aren't advocating for themselves and speaking up like you do. Like that's what makes it's me just upset. Insane. Yeah. That's what exactly. That's what makes me upset. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because there are multiple, like I've had multiple women message me saying, oh, my God, you're so brave for talking up, you know, like, I can't do what you're doing, which I respect because it's so hard. I get a, I get a lot of bullshit, like, DMs, like, you shouldn't be a mom, you shouldn't do this, you know, how are you a fit parent? You know what? Like, I'm so glad your life is perfect and yeah. you have nothing wrong with you, and I'm so glad you're in the safety of your own little bubble, um, but that's why they don't talk, talk up, because of the, the backlash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that too. I, and we hear that a lot, that moms don't don't go to the doctor, they don't tell their husband, they don't tell people because they don't want people to take their kids from them. When in reality, it's no, like, I want help. I want to yeah. feel better. I want to be in a space where I can create safety and love for my children. And the more that we get treated like we're pieces of garbage, yeah. I mean, clearly there's not enough resources for these professionals to there's not. help us out. No, there's not. And that's the thing. Like, we've grown these babies for nine months. We go through hell to deliver, mm-hmm. you know, epidural or not. It's still hell. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you just expect it to, okay, here you go. And it's so true. Like, when you're pregnant, you get X amount of visits. Baby, when they're born, get X amount of visits. Mums, one visit. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that's just, I mean, it's 2020, like, that's a joke. It should not be happening anymore. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And so, where are you at with everything right now? So, I had a previous therapist um, that was recommended to me 
I can't remember by who. Someone recommended her. So I was like, okay, I'll go see her. I stayed with her for four months because I knew that I needed to be in therapy. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, um, she was causing me more anxiety and more stress than anything because she kind of had that one-size-fits-all approach to yeah. depression. Mm-hmm. The first visit, she's like, okay, um, are you breastfeeding? I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, you, you're going to want to stop. You're going to want to stop. And I was like, um, why? She's like, because it can like make your depression worse. And she didn't even try to delve into the idea of why I was so stuck on breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I was so stuck on breastfeeding was because I was trying to like rewrite my brain and rewire my brain into thinking that all the bad shit that I, I thought about the baby, I can maybe make feel better by breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Like, and all you have to do, all you would have had to have done was ask me and I would have told but she automatically just was like, yeah, breastfeeding's no good. So there was that. And then she told me that I need some, like, toolbox where, like, you know, me and my husband go on date nights and all that type of shit. I, I haven't left my kids. But, I, you know, I have, like, such bad separation anxiety from them yeah. that there's no way and trust issues that there's no way I would be able to leave them with anyone to go on a date night with him. Yeah. So it was just kind of like she never – tried to get to know me she just kind of treated the ppd as she thought because she had it and um four months postpartum i was like to my husband that's it i can't do this anymore i can't go to her anymore i have to try and find someone that deals specific to pmad and um long story short i ended up now finding my psychologist who's been an absolute lifesaver like I don't know what I would do without her she's been so good she's been able to get to the topics that um no one's been able to get before and I'm now realizing that the reason why I got PPD was because I have so many like unresolved like trauma issues from my past that were never resolved Mm -hmm. like they just kept getting pushed 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 and then I guess having the kids is just like made it all come out Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good sign of the, the right person mm-hmm. when you actually realize the core root of getting PPD because a lot of people get it and they're completely blindsided like I was, oh, yeah. you know, I was like, I don't have a history of mental illness in my family. I don't have mental illness. I've never had it before. Um, all the other criteria that they give you when you Google PPD, I never hit any of that criteria, but now it's like comforting to know the reasons why I got it. Yeah. So I'm with her. We do um, FaceTime, which is amazing. Um, it's like uh, through some telehealth, I think. Um, so I don't even have to leave the house to speak to her, which oh, is amazing. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really yeah. good for all these moms to hear because I know that's that's the hard part is is one leaving your children, which is hard to yes. do. And two, just finding the time to get that emotionally involved in something. So, Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like being able to talk to her from the own comfort of my home has brought, like, made me obviously a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So she's gotten a lot more out of me, whereas normally I would clam up and not really um, talk. Yeah, you feel like it's a safe space. Safe, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've heard from a lot of women, and including myself, like how much your childhood trauma or trauma yeah. is unearthed from becoming a mom. 
it's crazy. And it's, and I've had so much trauma in my life that I don't know why it took that to trigger yeah. all of it and unearth it all. It's just crazy. It's so inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I'm sorry you went through all your trauma. It really sucks. I just, it's really hard because you're trying to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. You're trying to deal with PPD as well as you're trying to deal with all your, the skeletons that are buried deep, deep, deep in the closet. And now you're meant to bring them out, dust them off and figure out like, who's this skeleton? What's this skeleton causing? And it's like, it never ends, you know, like when do you get a chance just to be a mom? Yeah. And then yourself (laughs) again, it's like you you literally find out, Oh wait, that's not who I am. Okay. I'm going to shed all of this excess bullshit. Yeah. And it's been, it's been awesome for me. I'm my son's five years old, but it's, it's been cool for me looking back now, not in the moment. Absolutely not. But now it's it's interesting to look back and, and say, I am kind of glad it did unearth a lot of that because I did need to face it and let it go so I don't pass it on to my son. That's what I was worried about and that's what I'm still worried about and that's why I work so hard at what, what my therapist said because that's my biggest concern is I know they're super young. Like Elfie's about to be nine months. Maddox just turned two. I know they're super young but I don't want to do them a disservice by not healing me and then bringing all my unanswered or, you know, all my bullshit going on to them. Like, that's my biggest fear. I don't want to screw them up. So that's been my biggest motivator mm-hmm. to get better. And I love that about you. Like I, like I said before, like I just... You're so driven to move forward and to get through this and to reach out and to speak up and to, I just love that. Like you really are. I feel like you're an advocate and I feel like if, if I'm having a day where I'm, I need somebody to remind me of my strength and my beauty. I, I know that I can come to you for that. Like I love Thank that you. so much. You are such an advocate. I see you as a warrior that's standing on the front line <laughs> with a flag. Like we oh, are going to get this. <laughs> Because unfortunately, we've lost so many women to this, and I could have very well been one of those women that slipped through the cracks when she told me it was just the baby blues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my kids would have been growing up without a mom. And to even think about that, and for me to even say it out loud, makes me sick because no one should have to deal with that when you've just had a baby like if you're calling your doctor in tears you need to be seen right away not this bullshit let's just wait for the two weeks to pass and then no that that's not on so that's why I am so 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 passionate about it because I don't this shouldn't be happening anymore Mm -hmm. I mean we're not like the 1940s where you know what I mean like we're meant to be progressive yeah and um we're not progressive one bit But everything else gets spoken about and no one, everything, like, I feel like every other topic gets spoken about, but mums just, and postpartum just seem to be pushed under the rug. And I, I, I'd love to know why. I agree. It's crazy how silenced that is. It's nowadays, I feel like people are talking a lot more about mental health and suicide and all that, but they're, it's, 
we still have such a long ways to go with moms in mental health because people are just like, oh, you just can't hack being a mom. It's like, excuse yeah. you. You yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. Like, yeah, you don't like, know uh, until you know, you know, exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, what do you got to be depressed about? You got two beautiful boys. Ugh. There's people out there that would kill to have kids. And now you're complaining. Like, oh, yeah. I felt so bad when I had my son because so many of my very close friends are having fertility problems. And I was just yeah. like, I don't even want this baby. Yeah, so, I know. And then I just feel like a jerk and selfish. Why do, we got to give each other space to be okay and to not be okay, you know? I really think, yeah, There's we definitely so need to try and give ourselves compassion, mm-hmm. really. It's, it's easy for me to say that, but then it's really hard for me to do it. Like, I can be compassionate, but, like, hold space for every other single mom that messages me, but when it comes to my own self, I'm, like, so hard on myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's easier to be like more compassionate towards other people than to yourself and i'm sure everyone feels like that i'm yeah. sure it's true that's why we got to show up for each other so that because if the times that we can't you gotta you can at least let somebody else give you that space exactly you know? no exactly it's like that's reaching true. out and speaking up let us carry you when you can't carry yourself, you know, which yeah honestly I, I feel that way with you I feel so supported from you and and seen and I don't know you're just you're so incredible I love your social Thank media you. I love how you show up for people and you just keep it so real so. I try to because the biggest motivator was when I got diagnosed I was like searching on Instagram like PPD like trying to find someone that I actually like said it how it was you know like could actually verbalize and put down into words how I felt and you know what I want to find a damn thing Mm-hmm. on Instagram not on Facebook not on nothing so I was like you know what this is this is it mm-hmm. I need to do something because if I if there's a woman out there that's just been diagnosed or thinks she has it and types in the hashtag PPD and you're seeing bullshit filtered photos you're gonna think you're even more crazier than than what you think yeah. you know what I mean oh yeah so that's why I strive to be even though it's, that's Maddox in the background Hi, buddy. even <laughs> even though Sometimes it's really hard to be as open as how I am. Mm-hmm. I do it for the for the women that can't, essentially. Yep, you are such an advocate. Thank um, you. Yeah, I, and the famous question I want to ask you is: on your worst day, knowing what you know now, knowing knowing now blah, blah, that you can speak up and be an advocate for yourself. What, what would you go back on your very, very worst day? What would you go back and tell yourself? Probably that I'm stronger than the darkness. Mm. And even though right now I feel like giving up, that if I was to give up, I couldn't imagine another woman raising my kids. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest motivator um, because I knew what I was thinking wasn't me. It was the depression. And obviously I'm not healed, so it is still the depression. Um, but it's, I'm not as bad as what I was. Um, so I would definitely go back and tell myself that it will get better. 
and you need to be able to feel all the shit and just embrace it, even though it's super, super hard to look in the mirror and you don't even realize, like, you don't even recognize who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so important to even feel that because that in itself is healing because you're realizing that you are not who you used to be. It's, it's hard. It's, it's like, it's super hard to talk about. Um, but also like be proud of how far you've come because on the days that you thought you were going to give up, you didn't and you're still here. That's so true. That's so yeah. true. And we've all had those days, like, more yeah. often than, <laughs> probably more than we want to admit. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and people don't want to admit it. And, and that's fine. Like, some people feel comfortable, some people don't. And, and that's that's totally okay. But as long as they keep on going and, and don't give up, and even though it's really hard to talk about, they have to talk about it. you got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to. Otherwise, it's just going to be suppressed it's gonna compound until you explode yeah yeah and also like I've been super emotional these last couple of days because I remember when I was first diagnosed and my husband had to go back to work and I remember leaving the doctor's office and I had like a splitting headache so I knew I had to have like a coffee or something so I remember going to Dunkin Donuts and breaking down like hysterically breaking down and my husband's like what's wrong and I was like I'm scared for you to go back to work like you're my lifeline like I'm, how the hell am I gonna rate like how am I gonna look up because he's a fireman so he works like 24-hour shifts mm. so I'm by myself for you know x amount of time and I was like how am I gonna do it and I don't want you to go to work like you have to figure something out where you have to stay home with me and unfortunately he, he couldn't I think of that day and how sad I was and how scared I was. And then I think of Wednesday, which is in two days' time, when I'm hopefully, fingers crossed, going to be brave enough to share my story to people in insurance companies and to ad- other advocates and to people that have the ability to change the rules and whether it's the laws, but I know for sure it's the rules of the insurance company. And in the hope that they can use my story and how, because my story is so long-winded, we would be on for like 24 hours talking to use my story and hopefully change the regulations of the insurance company because you should be able to see whoever the hell you want to see whether or not they accept your insurance. You know what I mean? Like if you're dealing with postpartum depression, you should have someone that knows their shit on postpartum depression and not just someone that deals with like everything. Yep. You need someone specific to PPD, specific to psychosis, all that type of stuff, the PMAD group. So I hope that I'm good enough to talk and not burst into tears, but I'm, I'm, I am proud of myself to get for getting this far because honestly, when I was crying in that car park, I didn't think I would make it until that night, and I did. Thank God, I did, um, and that's why I take it so seriously because I was that close. Wow! And it's just not right that 
it's just not right. It's not right. We we get left alone and ignored and dismissed more than we ever should. Yeah. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, and I'm so grateful that you you really are just pushing forward, and I'm so proud of you for doing for what you're going to be doing too. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah, you're you're incredible. And <laughs> any way that we can support you, please let us know because you support all of us, and you just thank changed. you. Oh my god, yeah. that means the world. Don't gonna make me cry. So let's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Move it along. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear myself cry on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's just we have a lot of tears on these, but it's it's cool and 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 I I get so excited when there's stories that all of the stories that we're able to share are so incredible and just knowing, you know, knowing people that I know personally when I hear your story that I'm so excited to share this with because I know it's going to help them feel like they have a voice too, because you were just barely the voice for so many women by just sharing what you did. So yeah, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So are you. Thank Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the rising Phoenix podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at rising Phoenix podcast at gmail.com. For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org. We are recording from the Stone Sheba Podcast Studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. Thanks for listening.